Hey, welcome to the A to Z Sports powered by BetMGM. I'm Austin Stanley. He is Zach Bingham. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at A to Z Sports. Check our Facebook page at A to Z Sports Nashville. We're Nashville's on and sports talk network, and we go live every weekday morning at 8 Central Time. Let's thank our sponsors because they make it happen for us and they help out you. Renters Warehouse Nashville, the professional landlords in the area at renterswarehouse.com. Man, do the Pulse of Fitness. One 15-minute workout equals five-plus hours in the weight room. Mandu.com. Your first workout is free. Wilson County Hyundai. If you want a new ride, head to Lebanon. WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Calvin and Subtle for your new hardwood floors at CalvinandSubtle.com. And the Bone and Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. So Vanessa says the Titans offense isn't a problem. Well, the Titans offense was not the problem last year. In, in the year 2020, the Titans offense was phenomenal, averaging over 30 points a game. But then when it came time for the playoffs, the offense became an issue. And what happened in that playoff game is some mysterious injury happened to Corey Davis. And when the Titans needed Corey Davis the most in the fourth quarter of a wild card playoff game, down by a score or less, Corey Davis was on the sideline with his helmet being held by the trainer, unable to go. A.J. Brown's the only guy in there. And because of the what the wide receiver position was at that time, Ryan Tannehill had to throw a, a seam route to Khalif Raymond who got kissed on the cheek and fell over, leading to an interception that ultimately ended the game. So that's how the Titans wide receiver group ended last season with that in the playoffs. And really, Corey Davis goes elsewhere to the Jets. They add Josh Reynolds. Adam Humphreys gets cut. Now he's in Washington. And then it's just A.J. Brown, Josh Reynolds, and a bunch of guys who have been on the practice squad uh, at with the Titans or other places. And they add... A wide receiver in the first round of the fourth round, Zach, Des Fitzpatrick, who was not the most productive guy in college at Louisville. And so here we are wondering who other than AJ Brown is going to catch passes at the wide receiver group. Well, Colton said it at the beginning of the show. He says Tannehill needs more weapons. And so you like it too. Here's an analogy of Call of Duty. When you go to war in Call of Duty, you want the best guns. You want the best weapons, right? You want the machine gun that has all of the perks. You don't want just an M5 running around with no scope. So I and that's kind of where the Titans are. They got a they got one really good gun, one quality gun in, in AJ Brown, but they're getting destroyed because all of the other wide receivers, inexperienced, and I would even say Josh Reynolds, he has experience in the NFL but not high-quality opportunity. That's one of the reasons why he came over from the Los Angeles Rams was to get more opportunity because he was being overshadowed by that Rams offense and some of their wide receivers. Right. So this is uh, – look, uh, we – overall, I was shocked on the way that the draft went down. As the days have gone by, I've understood it a little bit more of the philosophy – the right tackle on the second round pick was a replacement for the Isaiah Wilson move that was awful the year before. And then they went defense. I mean, that's what their priority was. And we talked about the turnover on the defensive side of the football and Vanessa bringing up the problem isn't the offense. Could it be, right? Moving no, forward, yeah. I think that's the big question. You still have Tannehill, Henry, and A.J. Brown, but it takes more than three to tango. 
Yeah, and outside of A.J. Brown, who several of you guys brought up in the chat that A.J. Brown also was banged up in that playoff game. Yeah, he had knee surgery on each knee. Uh, after, banged you know, up at the beginning of the year. Right, and and, and I didn't even mention John Smith of not having him and what that does to the offense. So the, the situation is, is very interesting because we all looked. We talked about this, Zach, for months, and you guys all agreed. The Titans had four positions of need that they needed to draft. And they had four top 100 picks. Those positions were edge rusher, corner, tight end, and wide receiver. Well, in the top 100 picks, they drafted two corners, which is fine because those guys are probably really good players. Caleb Farley has his red flags with the injuries, but we'll see how that plays out. They draft an offensive lineman, and then they draft an inside linebacker. They, they didn't draft a wide receiver or an edge rusher until the fourth round, and the edge rusher has issues that we talked about yesterday with Rashad Weaver's uh, assault charges filed on him in Pittsburgh from mid-April. So now you look at Dez Fitzpatrick, and let's just throw this graphic up on the screen. I made this this morning, and it's got all 12 Titans wide receivers that were under contract. Listen, you got AJ, Cam Batson, Nick Westbrook, Akina, Cody Hollister, Rashad Davis, Mason Kinsey, and Chester Rogers were all in the Titans organization last year. Whether they were active roster guys, AJ's a thousand yards receiver, or back and forth between the practice squad and the active roster. The newcomers are Josh Reynolds, who's the free agent signing just a one year, $1.75 million deal. Des Fitzpatrick in the fourth round, Racing McMath in the sixth round. Marcus Johnson was added as a free agent. And then Fred Brown was signed to a multi year deal yesterday, Zach, who was on the practice squad all year last year and has played in only 14 games in his NFL career. So the Titans have a lot of names, but they don't have a lot of quality NFL production. Cam Batson is a nice gadget piece as a fifth wide receiver. They really like Nick Westbrook-Akina. I don't see it. I saw a lot of drop passes in training camp last year, and he didn't really do much uh, in the regular season this past year outside of special teams. Cody Hollister can't get open. <laughs> Rashad Davis, they thought, would do something last year. He didn't. So here they are with a bunch of guys, but not a lot of production. Zach. Well, we just put 12 up there on the graphic, Austin. This is a way too early question, but how many wide receivers do they actually keep? Probably five at minimum, six the most. That's typically how NFL rosters are, are, are the active roster. Then you will have two or three on your practice squad. So I think that they will keep five. And so we've got this gonna this this graphic that you eloquently made is gonna get whittled down pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> you know, now we know that AJ Brown and we know that Josh Reynolds aren't going anywhere. So there's two. So really there's three what left. The report on that that Joe Rexroad had however many weeks ago or month ago about Nick Westbrook Ikeena, I like to call him. Hey, Ikea, is he going to put it together this year? Is my or, man Ikea yeah. going to put it together? Uh, it pretty much confirmed that, though, right? That they were more high on who they had than most people thought. Than anybody watching this show. Like, I don't think anybody watching Or our doing show, this show. Oh, yeah. Right now, we're thinking <laughs> the Titans are so high on Josh Reynolds and the rest of the guys they have on the roster that they don't need to draft a wide receiver until the fourth round. Well, we said this live on our on our draft coverage, Austin, because I remember saying it. Once they pick the tackle 
out of North Dakota State in the second round, that kind of told me that they were higher on Josh Reynolds than we all thought. Sure. So, but action, then, but then, Monty, speak, but then what the hell is Monty, Monty, the Monty Rice thing in the third round is confusing because Amori Rogers went right there. It's not confusing based on what their actions are of what they think about Rashawn Evans. It's not confusing. They had to figure out that what, what were the rumors? They were trying to kind of trade him away, and instead they had to draft over, uh, not draft under him, but right. they didn't pick up his fifth year option. So, as we all as we all know, actions speak louder than words. The Titans' actions, and this is the best part about the draft, right? We think we know, we we assume, but really, once you get down to the draft, it tells you a lot about what the franchise thinks about their roster. And what they told us is they right now they don't really value tight end or getting new guys in right now, and the wide receiver they're willing to go to bat with guys that are inexperienced and have to play above their means this year. I, I don't know if that's a great philosophy, yeah, but we do know they're a running football team and they've got better at defense. Yeah, and they're going to get better at defense. Sir Easter says they traded down for Monty Rice after Diami Brown was drafted by Washington. And there was a lot of wide receivers and tight ends that went off the board in the 70s and the early 80s before the Titans were at 85, and they traded back to 92 with the Packers to get an extra pick. And they got Rashad Weaver with that extra pick. We'll see how that plays out. But I got to say this, guys, and I thought this, I was already getting ready for a wedding on Saturday, and I saw Des Fitzpatrick drafted 109 overall. The Titans move up uh, in the fourth round to go get him. They give up a couple picks to go get him. And I said immediately, said to myself, nobody was listening to me, said to myself, Des Fitzpatrick better be good because they gave up a fourth-round pick, a fifth-round pick, and their seventh-round pick to go up and get him at 109, and he's got to catch 40 to 50 balls next year. Like, Des Fitzpatrick better be good because he's going to have a massive opportunity as a rookie to come in, and let's face it, the guy's best year in college was his freshman year, and he played all four years at Louisville, and he was a, a, a big contributor, but he had 45 catches for six for 700 yards and nine touchdowns as a true freshman with Lamar Jackson four years ago. This past year, he had more yards, but only three touchdowns with Louisville. And so what is Des Fitzpatrick? Can he come in, and how impactful can he be immediately? Because I tweeted this out, like A.J. Brown's wide out number one. There's a gap at wide receiver two. Josh Reynolds is wide receiver three. Then there's a massive drop until you get to Cam Batson and Nick Westbrook. And then a massive drop after those guys too. It, so it's very confusing about what the Titans wide receiver philosophy is. And it, it, they're going to put themselves in a really tough spot. I, I want to say this because this is my opinion. But if you look at the draft and I go, I go to the third round. The third round changed everything for the Titans. They traded away the 85th pick to the Packers. The Packers drafted Amari Rodgers. But really, I think the defining moment of the draft for the Titans' offense was 81, 82, 83. 81, Hunter Long went to, to Miami, which we all know has ties to Boston College, yep. which we all know Vrabel has ties to. Diami Brown, which you just said, the Washington football team, a wide receiver that could have helped right away. He was high up on a lot of people's list. 
and he fell to the third round in that regard. And then you had Tommy Trimble at Notre Dame, another tight end. Those three picks, that's the reason why I think they traded down. Now, I think they were okay with trading down because John Robinson said he always wanted more picks. But that those three picks, that's kind of how the draft goes sometimes, I think completely changed the Titans' philosophy on this draft. Would yeah. you agree or disagree? No, I, I don't disagree. Uh, Damon says long and tremble going was just terrible timing. Those two were the Titans' picks. I, I agree, Damon. I, I really Be- felt like that's what they were. It was a dagger. It, it was very similar to the Isaiah Wilson draft when Jordan Love went off the board and their trade partners went away, so they had to suck it up, draft Isaiah Wilson, we know what happened. That run was dagger, BMO says. So let, let's talk more about this and, and ask you guys a question to get you guys more involved. What's your level of concern with the entire Titans wide receiver position, 1 through 10, 1 being no concern, 10 being you're freaking the hell out. What's your level of concern with the Titans wide receiver position, 1 through 10 in its entirety? But first, let me tell you guys, about the Bone & Joint Institute, boneandjointtn.org, the region's destination for comprehensive orthopedic and sports medicine care. Bone & Joint Institute is where to turn when you have that injury happen in your life to someone you love or yourself. Make sure you know where to go, who to trust. That is all the dozens of doctors and all the professionals, all the rehab specialists at the Bone & Joint Institute. So check them out, boneandjointtn.org. A to Z Sports, we are powered by BetMGM. Woo, Austin. Last night, sweating. Late night, West Coast ball. Clippers hosting the Raptors with Kyle Lowry out. The Clippers almost blew it. I had to have them on a money line pick to hit my parlay. I did. I want 100 bones on that game. Promo code ATOZ Sports. Bet MGM. Download the app today. I had a good night last night. That was uh, That was exciting. I enjoyed that. I'm back into the game. I got to just... Austin, I figured out what I did wrong uh, of me losing money over the last couple of weeks. I started betting on baseball and sprinkling in hockey, and I'm just not as knowledgeable. Go with what I know, and that is the National Basketball Association. All right, so here we are live on this Wednesday. What is your level of concern with the Titans wide receiver position 1 through 10? Rob says 8, 9.9 from one Titans fan. Clayton with a 7. John Michael with an 8. In Billington with a 9. Uh, Dime Soul says Jerob has a great track record of snagging late round talent, and maybe he's that's a, a, a nod to Fitzpatrick, and maybe even Racy McMath uh, of doing something there late round pick. Donnie says five out of ten. Scott with a ten. Kenneth with a ten. Brandon says six. Chris Stress with an eight point five. Steven with an eight. Uh, Brent bringing up the Titans could have an Amari Rogers, but because the Packers drafted him right with that pick. Justin says five point five. Titans Mafia says 10. Sir Easter says 8. 7.5 from Ohio. Austin Hall with a 6. Kenneth with an 8. D's just turned it all the way up to 11 right there. Aaron says 6.5. Vanessa's a 2. Vanessa doesn't. Vanessa's been consistent all show long that the Titans wide receivers will not be the problem. And I saw Vanessa say that Ryan Tannehill was the problem in the playoff game, which I think is a fairly hot take there from Vanessa, but she's consistent. Nate says 4. DeMarie with a six, Ryan with a five, Donald says nine, have no faith in anyone not named A.J. Brown, and a lot of people are say, are thinking, what if A.J. gets hurt again like he was last year? Then what do they have? So I agree with that statement, and I don't know who that was, but after A.J. Brown, 
I, I, I have no confidence. They're, they're all question marks. And this is a season where you don't want question marks. You need to give Ryan Tannehill help. And they didn't do that very well after Corey Davis left and John U. Smith left this free agency period. Austin, I mean, I'm in at 8.5. I, I think this is not a good thing. Uh, let's let's think about the the games that AJ Brown missed early in the year. Uh, AJ did not do much against Denver because that's when he hurt his knee. Corey Davis had 100 yards, and in week two, Corey Davis had an early touchdown when AJ was out. In week three against the Vikings, Corey Davis had 69 yards receiving on five catches uh, with AJ out there. So a productive day and helping a win. Corey Davis was important early on when AJ and played well when AJ was out. Then Corey fell off the face of the earth in December or January. And, and that's what that is. Go figure. Uh, can Josh Reynolds pick up that slack? They, I, they're really betting on a $1.7 million man. <laughs> right? The guy might be motivated. I know. I, I think he absolutely is. That is one thing that I do believe. Josh Reynolds has a chip on his shoulder. That's something I don't think Corey Davis had until last year. Now, Corey Davis last year in a contract year did had his best season uh, uh, to date of his career. Josh Reynolds has to come in to Tennessee, clear cut, be the number two guy and help AJ Brown because defenses are just going to cue on him. That's the whole reason why the Falcons, who we'll talk about here later in the show, drafted Calvin Ridley when Julio was still on their team. That was to help Matt Ryan, but also to help Julio Jones. Right. Where are yeah. you at? I'm I'm at an eight point five. I'm I'm more not good. Uh, I don't really necessarily trust IKEA to step it up and put it together. I don't I don't know about Josh Reynolds. And after that, Cam Batson, also, you said it the best. He's a gadget. Gadgets break, right? That's the whole point of a gadget. It's it's kind of fun, right? But usually, you either get tired of it and never play with it again, or it becomes useless. Right. So, you're, you're at 8.5, you said? Yeah. I'm, I'm not – I'm at an 8. I think – You're pretty AJ, close. I like – Josh Reynolds. Josh Reynolds was one of my guys, my free agent wide receivers to target for the Titans because I thought that he would fill a need and have more opportunity and do well with that opportunity. But I was also like when I planned out for the Titans to, to sign Josh Reynolds in free, free agency, I was also pairing that addition with the addition of a higher round draft pick at wide receiver than Des Fitzpatrick at 109 in the fourth round. So I think if they would have drafted, you know, there's a lot of like Diamond Brown or or Elijah Moore, Rondale Moore. There's a lot of names out there that they could have got. My guy Rashad Bateman in the first round. There's a lot of names out there at wide receiver that would have filled in perfectly behind A.J. Brown at the number two spot and then have Josh Reynolds at number three with still a lot of more opportunity for Josh Reynolds, and I would have been completely cool with that but I'm at an 8 out of 10 level of concern with this Titans wide receiver group right now. They didn't address the position very well in the draft. No, and then they go sign Fred Brown to a multi-year deal. Like, why does Fred Brown need a multi-year deal? I have to look at the structure of it. I mean, Fred Brown's probably not going to make the team. Yeah, I know that. So it's, it's just, so sign him to like a futures contract or just something to get him into camp to let him compete. If that's what he, like the multi-year deal seems confusing to me. 
Yeah, there I, has to be some nuance to it. I don't. John Robinson's too smart. Like, is it a way that. to save money? Like, because who the hell, like, what type of money is Fred Brown getting? Like, he's probably getting league minimum. So you're not like transferring money towards the second year for the cap for cap purposes because Fred Brown's making pennies compared to others. So is it, if you think about it, isn't the big question of this entire situation about the guys they drafted? Isn't it really about Des Fitzpatrick? It's about, yes. It's about so Des that, Let's concentrate on him because Josh, we, we know A.J. Brown, right? We know what he can do. 1K, 1K. Josh Reynolds, we're going to find out if he can fill that wide receiver two slot. But the third slot, the the actual slot, or what? however you are going to do to put more wide receivers on the field, Fitzpatrick, you would think would have the most opportunity right. out of the gate. Yeah. So let's talk about this because I, I, I want to talk more Des Fitzpatrick and I actually have a little nugget uh, about Racy McMath at LSU uh, and, and about a conversation that was had with the LSU wide receiver coach pre-draft about Racy McMath. But first act, tell everybody about Wilson County Hyundai. Now you have my attention. I, sure. I don't know anything of what you just said, but uh, I'm going to find that out. I'm also going to, Sell you a new car first, and that is a new or used car at Wilson County Hyundai. WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Bottom right corner of your screen, you'll see that Palisade. Full-size SUV, third-row seating, bucket seats. It is the new generation of SUVs. Screw the minivan. Your wife hates your minivan. She hates it. All of her friends make fun of her in the line because, oh, my gosh, I can't believe she ditched the minivan. Literally trade in the minivan for a brand-new Palisade they have them in stock. Upgrade your lifestyle where all the other moms are going to be like, damn, when, when did when did she just get this Palisade? The, the kids are loving it. They got so much room. They take trips on the weekends all of a sudden. They weren't doing that in the minivan. You're doing that in the Palisade. They have them in stock, 615. or you. It's right outside of the 615. You're talking about WilsonCountyHyundai.com. Wilson County Hyundai has the inventory, the SUVs on deck, WilsonCountyHyundai.com. A to Z Sports, we are powered by BetMGM, the king of sports books. Our promo code ATOZ Sports will always get you a risk-free bet up to 600 bucks with your first deposit and your first bet. But how about this ATOZ 100 today only? You go to uh, BetMGM, download the app, use the code ATOZ100, and you put a $1 Moneyline bet on either the Grizz or the Timberwolves tonight. And if any team hits a single three-point shot, you win 100 bucks, regardless of that Moneyline bet, right? So Grizz, T-Wolves tonight, ATOZ100, $1 Moneyline bet. And if anybody hits a three-pointer, Boom, you get 100 100 bucks right there in free bets from BetMGM. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. You must be 21 years or older. Must be present in Tennessee for gambling problem support. Call the Tennessee Red Line at 800-889-9789. So back talking wide receivers. Des Fitzpatrick, I think, has a lot of weight on him to, um, to really uh, produce pretty quickly, right? Because of the gap that we just talked about. Racy McMath is something that's that's interesting because he had very little production at LSU as a wide receiver. But the guy is 6'3", 215, runs sub 4'4", fast, physical, 
He's not very polished at wide receiver, but I will say this, and I know this, that Mickey Joseph, who is the wide receiver coach at LSU, loves the ceiling and the potential of Racy McMath. And Racy McMath will work his ass off to make this team and to have an impact on special teams this year. And he is he will have to work on developing as a wide receiver, but Mickey Joseph at LSU loves his ceiling as a wide receiver. Not this year. I don't even know if it's next year, but year three when A.J. Brown needs another running mate, maybe Racing McMath can elevate to be a Tajay Sharp-level contributor where he catches 25, 30 balls, he scores some touchdowns, but is still a, a McBeast on special teams. And I think Racing McMath will have a solid role on this roster for the next couple of years with special teams as he continues to develop as a wide receiver. Well, I don't know what the future holds for Racing McMath or Des Fitzpatrick, for that matter. But this is the best possible situation that you could be in in the NFL, is be a third and a fifth round pick and have the opportunity to win a job. Not many times do you get drafted like that when your top two wide receivers, A.J. Brown is A.J. Brown, but Josh Reynolds, who is a secondary wide receiver that just got an opportunity on a one-year deal, and then the rest, I mean, it's it's open season. This is wide open. And that's really where a guy can step up and pop early. And you talk about development skills are very, very important. But you're going to get an opportunity where it sounds like, you know, Racy McMath didn't get that great of an opportunity at LSU because all the other guys were dynamite. Well, he was behind everybody, right? Right. Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, Marshall Jr. behind and behind Make, guys makes a lot are, of sense, right? So but, and so so Rob says so the Titans drafted a guy who could be good in three to four years. That's not the the point of the Racing McMath draft pick is that he is going to be a badass on your special teams out of the gates. And the Titans special teams last year sucked, like they were not any good. And so I know like tight fans will eye roll special teams impact, but they, they have an impact. And one, I know his route running subpar. I, I get it. He is a, he is a beast athlete and physical and one brings that up and he will help on this roster. And he's a six round pick. If you, you draft a six round pick to help you on special teams right now. And he has the ability to develop in his actual position and has a high athletic ceiling. Let him go work for it. And the guy's work ethic is clear. Because I also heard in this same conversation about uh, LSU wide receivers that Terrace Marshall Jr. was petrified to go to the Ravens. He did not want to go to the Ravens. He was pitching a fit. He had a bad attitude about being on, potentially being on a run-first team with the Baltimore Ravens. He did not want to go there. He went to Carolina, so he's okay with Joe Brady. But I don't know if Terrace Marshall Jr., would have been okay with Tennessee because of the run first offense. So he had a different type of attitude. Marshall had a throw me the damn ball. I'm a beast type of guy, which you like that, but maybe he didn't fit here. Yeah, maybe so. And two things you have to do as a young wide receiver. I've seen a lot of young wide receivers practice football in covering the, the Titans. First is get open, which is the hardest thing, right? That goes to route running. Number one, can you get open? Can you separate? 
The cornerbacks are different in this league compared to the football you were just playing. But here's the most important thing. If you're not able to get as open as maybe you were in college, you have to catch the football. You can't be a body catcher. You have to be a hands catcher. That's why A.J. Brown is so damn good. And I targeted that guy early on. I told everybody this, and I'll take victory laps till the day I die on A.J. Brown. I saw that in him. You have to be able to catch the football, and that earns the trust that Tannehill can throw to you in a tough spot, and he's not going to get bit in the ass with a pick because your ass dropped the ball or it popped off your fingertips and into the safety's hands. Get open first. That's harder, but that can come with technique and coaching. If you can catch in tight windows, you'll find a place on this roster and you'll find a place on the field. Yeah, Charles Barnes says, why not send sign veterans for special teams since you know they've done it before? This wasn't the draft for that. Charles, man, like you can't afford to sign. Like You know what the cap is. You're a smart guy. Like You follow these things. Veterans are more expensive than rookies. So if you can find a rookie six-round guy who's going to be like the, as cheap as possible to come in and play good special teams, you get that because they had to get younger and they had to get cheaper this year and so and more athletic. Younger guys are probably more athletic than veteran guys. They need it like Will Compton's probably not going to be back with the Tennessee Titans because you know their their guy out of Georgia is a lot better and a lot more. Monty Rice is a lot more athletic to play special teams out of the gates than Will Compton was. So this is what you have to do with football. And Donald says, "Remember what I said about AJ. Forget what I said about Lawan. Well, nobody lets me forget what I say about Lawan, so that's false." Uh, which I'm okay with. Hey, it's a part of the business. It's a part of the jo job. And Donald, you know that. Been watching the show for years. When you have a football team, there's you have to take away, right? You have to put in assets to certain positions and certain sides of the offense or defense, and you have to take some away. Yeah, what they've everybody. told us is they paid more attention this offseason to the defense because – Hell, it shouldn't be a surprise. Mike Vrabel's a defensive-minded head coach. I bet you it it ticked him off more than I was ticked off on Saturday night about how bad his defense was all last season. In a Super Bowl window, you have no pass rush, and the back half of your defense is slaw. Kenny Vaccaro lost a step. Facts. Malcolm Butler was solid. Adoree Jackson was hurt. Christian Fulton was hurt. All these guys, they had to cut Jonathan Joseph because – he wasn't worthy enough to be on the field midway through the season because he was a liability. Rashawn Evans wasn't playing well. We found out that in the offseason. And then Jayon Brown, who was, got hurt. All of these things started to stack on themselves. I bet you that drove Vrabel crazy. And what did they do? They told us very openly and honestly, this is one thing I will respect the Titans for, openly and honestly, we had to read the tea leaves, but they were pretty, pretty open. It's not the coach's fault. It are the the players are bad. So That's, they went and they got new players. So I I love that. At least they say what they mean and mean what they say in that regard. Well, Rob Rob says I feel like the Titans let go more talent than they brought back in, and here's the reality with that. When you're paying a quarterback over 100 million dollars and you're paying a running back over 50 million dollars, you have to pick and choose your assets. And and we all agree paying Tannehill and paying Derrick Henry was the right decision, right? We get it. And Rob says he gets it. It's about money, and especially when that money gets less. 
you have you cannot pay everybody. And when you're paying a running back and a quarterback, a hundred and oh, I, you know what? I think it's close to 170 million dollars over the over the life of those contracts. You're gonna have to to you know go cheap elsewhere. And the Titans have gone cheap at wide receiver. Think about this: the guy who's getting paid the most money. I and I'll have to double check this, but I think Josh Reynolds might be getting paid the most money this year because of AJ Brown's rookie second round contract. I'll have to double check that. It's probably really close. But uh, but Josh Reynolds at 1.75 million might have the highest price tag in this year. So let's be honest here. And this is the scary part for Titans fans. If Tannehill gets hurt, you're screwed. That's a quarterback. That is that is uh, basically unreplaceable. It will ruin your Super Bowl hopes. Nick Foles is an anomaly. And you don't have Nick Foles on the roster. You have Logan Woodside. <laughs> Here's the problem. If Derrick Henry gets hurt or misses time, you have to rely on your quarterback-wide receiver combination. Problem is, your co- your wide receiver combination is not very good. You're probably going to lose and not get to where you want to go. If A.J. Brown gets hurt, Derrick Henry cannot single-handedly get you to where you need to be. He just can't do it. It's a team sport. There's 11 guys. There's 22 guys on the field at once. One guy can get you as far as he possibly could go because he's the best running back in the league, but you have to have help elsewhere. And I don't think that Josh Reynolds and the rest of the wide receiver room has the capacity if, in fact, injuries happen, something happens to your top two guys outside of Tannehill. Yeah, and uh, to check the my facts on this, A.J. Brown's base salary this year is – Eight thousand dollars over one million, so he's making one million and eight thousand. Uh, and then you have his cap hits at one point five four. So it is more. He is getting paid more. Josh Reynolds is getting paid more than AJ Brown this year. How much is uh, Josh Reynolds is one point seven five. AJ Brown is one point zero zero eight. Oh zeros. <laughs> oh, okay, that makes sense. Yes, yes, one million and eight thousand. So it's like he is. So it's crazy that Josh Reynolds is the highest paid wide receiver on the roster for 2020 oh, at $1.75 million. That's, that's scary because you got to have the production outside based off of what they had last year and the money they had in the wide receiver group last year. Well, Austin, what if this completely changes? And I'm talking about the guy in the middle of our screen. Let's talk about Julio. Not down by the schoolyard. I'm talking about Julio Jones. Okay. We'll talk about Julio. The question is, what percentage chance do you think the Titans will try to trade for Julio Jones? Not trade for, not land Julio Jones. What percentage chance do you think the Titans will try to trade for Julio Jones? But first, let me tell you guys about Mandu. Mandu is the pulse of fitness where one 15-minute workout, that's 15 minutes, that's it, simulates over five hours in the weight room because of the science of full-body electronic muscle stimulation. Guys, it is legit. I get asked about this all the time. What are you doing in those Instagram stories or those workouts? I'm getting shockwaves, EMS through every muscle group that's getting 95% of my muscle fibers, and I'm getting a badass workout in 15 minutes. I leave sweating and I feel sore the next couple of days in a building real functional muscle. 
Mandu.com. It is literally for everybody. If you're young, a little older, in shape, out of shape, you got pre-existing injuries, Mandu can help you rehab those injuries. Mandu.com, your first workout is absolutely free. It's perfect in Middle Tennessee because I was in Brentwood yesterday. I got my Mandu workout from the Brentwood location. Nice. I live in Green Hills, so it worked out very, very well. 15 minutes in, out, on with life. I do want to clarify the question that we're asking because Brian answers Julio Jones is a 30% chance of being a Titan. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not what we're asking. We are asking the question of what percentage chance do you th think the Titans will try to trade for Julio Jones. Julio Jones is a big enough asset that multiple teams around after June 2nd, right? That is the date. After June 2nd, that is when I think the Falcons will start to entertain calls. They fielded calls. Now I think that they're going to entertain, okay, what are you willing to give up? They have a game plan because they just – they just drafted Kyle Pitts. I, I I think they would love to go to war with Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, Kyle Pitts, and uh, Matt Ryan, but there's a salary. There's this thing called salary cap, yeah. and it's a pretty big deal. Yeah. So they've got to figure that out. So let's go to the chat. What percentage there's chance? There's a lot of comments. <laughs> what do you? What per, and I'm I'm gonna roll through them. What percentage chance do you think the Titans will try to trade for Julio Jones? The 420 Titan. We're gonna start off. With zero percent, we can only go up from. Just there. not even try. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it may be the case. Uh, Rob says seventy-five. Jordan says a hundred. Derek says a thousand. Tighten up. Ohio says twenty-five. Ryan goes sixty. Caleb with seven percent. LOL. Uh, Trilogy Taylor. That's a pretty unique name on YouTube. Says twenty-five percent. A thousand percent, but it won't happen from Miko. Charlie three B says seventy-five percent. They're too quiet. They will give a second for Julio. Maybe so. Deborah uh, well, says ninety. A lot of people think a second round pick in twenty two would be a good trade. Well, you're taking on a lot of money, right? That that's and the Falcons know that. The Falcons want assets, but also know that man, you're taking in a lot of cash. Uh, Almira says zero percent. Louis goes with point oh eight percent. Alex says 10%. What do you think? Can you answer? Because I'm, I'm pulling up the Julio Jones contract to find out how much money whoever trades for Julio Jones would have to take on for that. Well, I, I'm not going to say my percentage. If you're, if you're going to look it up and well, keep all need, the information I to yourself. Need, I just need time to do more well, math. Hey, I'll, I'll, I'll sit here. I'll let you all the time that you need in the world to look up that contract. So not only... Do I have that information? We all have that information. Maybe that right, changes so some percentages. I will walk through this dead, this this math, this dead cap money. So right now, Julio Jones has three years left on his contract. So he has forty uh, over forty million dollars left on his contract. It's dead cap. Now I'm going to minus what the out is. So hang with me here. So the the Atlanta Falcons would owe Julio Jones 32.8 of the $40.5 million in dead cap. So the Tennessee Titans would have to take on, uh, you know, the, the, the base salaries of um, 
it's like it's the dead cap. It's the base salary minus the dead cap. The Falcons would pay is thirty two plus seven point seven five. So if I'm trying to do this the right way, the the Titans would probably end up paying him a little over twenty million dollars because of for for three years from dead cap they're taking on, and then the base salaries over the next three years that Julio Jones is owed. I, I think it's it'll be over twenty million dollars. But again, don't hold over me to twenty that. million for a single year or all three years for all three because the Falcons. I feel confident in this number. I feel confident that the Falcons will have to pay thirty two point eight million dollars in dead cap towards Julio Jones. But once you talk about once you get past the dead cap, the Titans would owe um, and the base salary things start to get kind of murky. So it's, it gets confusing there with a lot of different numbers. So you have to pay the guy close to, I would say 8 million plus a year for the, for three years when he's 33 or 32, 33, 34. All right. So I have my answer and it's unfortunate. Uh, I think it is a, uh, it's equivalent, uh, equivalent of a courtesy call. So I'm going to give him 5%, 5% chance that, they will actually have some sort of substance to the conversation of what the Falcons are willing to get in return for Julio Jones and, more importantly, what the Titans are willing to pay. And that is the issue. It's just a cap issue. You can't kick the can completely down the road. Even though the salary cap's going up next year and over the next couple of years, this is the the unique year because of the COVID situation, I think it's a courtesy call because I just don't think that the Titans are in the position as a franchise within the cap to attain him. Well, here's the problem. Who do you have to pay next year? You have to pay AJ Brown. So if you, if you already know, this is the last year of AJ Brown being cheap and he's only getting a little over a million dollars this year. His cap, it's 1.5. You're not, that is going to go up by, a thousand percent, like not even like joking or more. AJ Brown is going to get paid next off season and you cannot, you absolutely cannot afford to give up an asset that would be a second round pick and pay Julio Jones. Let's just say 25 plus million dollars over the next two, three years. That's just something they cannot do. It's just not smart, especially when Julio Jones is 10 years older than A.J. Brown. (laughs) So I don't think it's smart to do. So you say 5% for the courtesy call. I'm going to be cute with it, and I'll say 11% for the courtesy call. Right. It's a courtesy call regardless. I did. I just kind of had an epiphany, Uh, and maybe we can do this tomorrow because I think that there is a deciding factor on the Titans Super Bowl chances in the next five years. Ooh. Now that's a good tease. And it just came to me. And I, I think uh I think there'd be pushback on what I would say, but I also think that it is factual. Well it, Bob, real quick, Bobby says that we are both answering the wrong question. No, it's our we we came up with the question, Bobby. We know it's what percentage chance do you think the Titans will try 
And Zach says five. I say 11. I, I don't think the courtesy the call is trying. They're going to try, right? Yes. 5%. Because my answer for what percentage chance will he be a Titan? You know, I'm not. I'm never going to say zero because that's just putting myself in a corner that I can't get out of. But I'll say less than one percent, less than one percent chance that Julio Jones becomes a Tennessee Titan. But they might call him. They might figure it out. They might call to ask. Would they put Rashawn Evans in this conversation? Do the Falcons want Rashawn Evans? The Falcons need defensive players. Now, it's really what Arthur Smith thinks about Rashawn Evans. But, um, yeah, we'll do that tomorrow. I have the deciding factor. I doubt the Falcons would want Rashawn Evans on a one-year deal. Well, you'd pick up his option. That's why why they couldn't trade away. It's over. I I understand. I understand. DP's is there, too. Throwing spaghetti. I'm throwing spaghetti. Well, the spaghetti did not stick. No, it's sliding down. (laughs) <laughs> All right, A to Z Sports here live on a Wednesday. I think this is an interesting discussion. So we, we've talked wide receivers. we talked a lot of Titans wide receivers today. Let's talk about the, the three wide receivers drafted the highest in the NFL. Which of these three wide receivers will have the best NFL career? Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, or Devontae Smith? The first act, tell everybody about Calvin and Subtle. Yeah, Calvin and Subtle is where you need to go to get your hardwood floors very, very simple. All you have to do is pick up the phone after this show. Call 615-448-6414. They can hook you up with the best hardwood floors. I'm going to go grab. This is, I've been high on my Angelino. Yep. Ooh, I like this Angelino. I don't know what to pick. I'm going back to the old. Uh, this, is, this is my first love. This is my first hardwood floor that I've absolutely fallen in love with. That, my friend, is the Rivoli. This pops on a white kitchen. This is the hardwood floor that you need to get. Uh, It will completely change the feel and the nature of your home. Don't sell your home. Don't ditch it. Upgrade it. Renovate it. CalvinandSoto.com, 615-448-6414. If you're watching online, if you're listening, just kind of rub the mic. Ooh, yeah, that that's that is the feel and the sound of Rivoli. That can be in your house. Ben MGM, the title sponsor of our morning show here on A to Z Sports. Download the app. Use our code today. The code today is ATOZ100. And if you use that code when you download the app and sign up today, you bet $1 Moneyline bet on either the Grizz or the T-Wolves tonight. And if... Anybody hits a three-point shot in that game, you win 100 bucks, regardless of the money line bet outcome. So that's ATOZ100. That's the code to download and sign up for BetMGM. You plus a $1 money line bet, you win $100. If anybody in the Grizz or T-Wolves game hits a three-point shot, take advantage of that today. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, here live on a Wednesday. Zach, who will have... The better, the best NFL wide NFL career of these wide receivers, in order of their drafted: Jamar Chase, Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, Bengals, Dolphins, Eagles. Zach, uh, I'll send you the comment section. Well, the first comment I saw was Damon. It says a thousand or a hundred percent. Nobody says Devontae Smith, and uh, Nate John says. I'm going with Chase. He is the quarterback with the highest ceiling, and I think. And Louis goes Waddle. 
look at the quarterback and look at the franchise, right? Those are the two biggest factors of the success of a wide receiver. And now we've seen wide receivers pop with maybe less adequate quarterbacks, but that is more of a trying time. I'm going to go with the popular answer because I think it's the gut feeling, and that's Jamar Chase. Ethan says Chase because he has the best of the three quarterbacks. I, I, I think that, and I value – you talk about the connection, right? I understand there's connections elsewhere. But Jalen Hurts, I don't even know if he's going to be a starting quarterback in four years. Right. I think – I'm pretty sure Joe Burrow will. Tua Tagovailoa, I don't even know if he'll be a starting quarterback in four years. I think Jamar Chase is the best wide receiver of these three, the most talented of the three, and will be able to succeed regardless of quarterback play. That, that Obviously, quarterback play is very important for every wide receiver in the NFL. But when we're having the conversation about these three guys, I think it's Jamar Chase because he is less reliant on specific quarterback play, where I think Jalen Waddell and Devontae Smith or more reliant on scheme and and usage, where Jamar Chase, you line him up, he's going to go beat his guy one-on-one, run the full route tree, go deep, go up and get the football, yards after catch, all that stuff Jamar Chase can do. Waddle and, like, Devontae Smith was used so beautifully by Steve Sarkeesian this past year. And Jalen Waddle is a the elite gadget player, right? But the gadget, you know, Still works all the time because he can do the normal stuff too. But I, I think it's, I think it's all, I think it's, I think it's Jamar Chase. So it's strange and, and, and kind of deal with me here. I'm not trying to be gruesome or jinx or anything like that, but it's Joe Burrow's ACL, right? He tours ACL so early on in his career. You know, how many times can you tear the same ACL? I've heard of, I've heard of people doing it twice. Right? I don't, so, I don't know. And he's just put in a situation that is susceptible to injuries. Like yeah. That, his, because right? his, it was his uh, step in leg, right? That's usually when a quarterback tears the ACL, it's usually that front leg where they're stepping into the pass rush. I can't remember. I tried not to watch that replay because it was gross um, of, of what happened to, to Burrow because it was more than just his ACL. Yeah, Clayton says he, Thomas Davis did three ACLs on the same leg. Wow. So but, uh, here, I, I want to go through, this is a very strange, strange quiz, but can you name, I eerily have the sense of, I can name the opposing team of when the starting quarterback tore his ACL. So I'll give you an example. Like Carson Palmer. Do you remember when he tore his ACL and what team it was against? In the playoffs? Yes. Was it against the it was against the Ravens or Steelers? It was against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Right? Yeah. Do you remember what team Joe Burrow was playing against? No. Was it Pittsburgh? It was the Washington football team. Do you remember the team that Deshaun Watson tore his ACL? He did that in practice. Deshaun Watson tours in practice. Damn. Uh, who are some other notables? Tom Brady. Bernard Pollard, Chiefs. That is correct. Those are yeah. like, because th- these are franchise quarterbacks, right? Yeah. I mean, that That's big time. I, I think my worry is 
I I hope I'm I'm rooting for Joe Burrow. Uh, Joe Burrow is up, one of the most likable characters in the NFL, in my opinion. Yeah, Justin brings up Wentz, who was against the Rams, right in LA. Yeah, but I I I, I even though I mean the Bengals, I, I don't care about the Bengals. I I it seems like that the Bengals could be putting something together. I think the hard part is Andy Dalton made the playoffs five years in a row, and Cincinnati was good. They were eleven win teams. And they just had nothing to show for it. They weren't really a true threat, you know? Right. Yeah. He, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and this Bengals team have to be able to figure out how to be a threat. The Titans have been a threat at times where you don't really want to play them because they'll bowl you over, maul you, and win the football game. Yeah, so you, we both go with Jamar Chase? Yeah. I just think, like, I feel bad for Devontae Smith because, like, the Eagles have drafted a lot of wide receivers in the first round. And like Nelson Aguilar has been the best. Right? Recent, oh, like recent guys. Because I, I can't remember if Deshaun Jackson was a first round guy or not. This is a random question. Who was the Eagles wide receiver when McNabb was playing that uh, was the people's champ? Freddie Mitchell. Freddie Mitchell. <laughs> That's who I was thinking. First down, Freddie. First down, Freddie. Deshaun Jackson was a second round pick. <laughs> so, you know, for Freddie Mitchell, good lord, <laughs> Freddie Mitchell reference. Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> yeah, uh, Alshon Jeffrey was drafted by the Bears, uh, not the Eagles. So, <clears throat> I wait, no, Eagles. Then he went to the Bears, and he's back in Philly. So, anyway, he was a second round pick too. So, the Eagles wide receivers typically don't work out very well. So, uh, you know. Devontae Smith, best of luck for you. Jalen Jalen Rager was a, a first-round draft pick last year by the Eagles, and that looked great in week one with a Rager bomb, but then it was just not very good after that because Carson Wentz is bad too. So right. a lot goes into that. Uh, but I, I think Jamar Chase, we agree, Zach, uh, of him being the best of these wide receivers drafted uh, in the top 11 picks this past weekend. Jeremy Macklin, good one, Joseph. First-round draft pick by the Eagles, just – didn't really do all that much. Uh, pretty interesting there. So, all right, Zach, let's get to throwing shade. You've been talking a lot of <clears throat> a lot of uh, about your altercation from Saturday night, and then something that happened in a restaurant last night. You see, you're pretty packed with shade. Uh yeah, I, we can say we can shade sandwich this. That works. I like the shade sandwich sometimes. But first, let me tell you guys about Renters Warehouse and RentersWarehouse.com, the professional landlords in the Nashville area. RentersWarehouse.com is where you go to find out how much your home can rent for because there are alternatives to selling your house. Renting your house out, create extra cash flows for you and your family. You get long-term equity that helps you with long-term wealth. Maybe uh, you have a son or daughter that's graduating this month. May is the month of graduations. That means they need to get the hell out of your house and you can go find somewhere for them to rent and go to renterswarehouse.com and find all the great rates all across the mid-state at renterswarehouse.com. It is eSports. We are powered by BetMGM. Download the app today. Hook you up with great promotions, A-T-O-Z Sports, that code right there. Use that promo code and download the app and win some cash. Austin and I have had a great time using that app since they've become the title sponsor of this show oh, yeah. earlier this year. You can take part as well. Now, real quick, not my shade, but the Buffalo Sabres have been my parlay killers. The Buffalo Sabres are the worst team in the NHL, yet whenever I bet on them to lose in a parlay, they usually win and ruin my parlay. 
And that happened to me last night. Everything else hit, but the damn Buffalo Sabres who won on back-to-back nights, which I thought they would lose the second half of that back-to-back. So I thought it was a safe pick for my parlay, but damn those Buffalo Sabres. Singular team that has cost me the most money in losses are the Philadelphia 76ers this year. Celtics are bad. They've lost me over $1,000. That's rough. That's throughout rough. this season. All right. So, Jeff Ribble, before our shade sandwich, Jeff says, throwing shade on myself, going to Pigeon Forge for the first time this weekend. And I'm slightly over the weight limit for the Alpine coaster and zip lining. <laughs> 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 Fat shaming yourself, Jeff. I like that. All right. So, um, shade Brent says, shade on John Robinson for not doing his homework and making the Titans look bad two years in a row in the draft. Uh, Nate says throwing shade on dentists. I'm on platinum healthcare coverage and got mailed 120 bucks for an X-ray blatant robbery. So, uh, Danny says shade on myself, uh, for, uh, for folding when work was pushing us to take the COVID shots was sick all day yesterday after second shot should have told them. No, my second shot is actually this afternoon. So I am planning on being here and doing the show tomorrow morning, but we'll see how that goes. Yeah, uh, I heard that second shot is a doozy. Yeah. Uh, all right, first shade that I have. Uh, Austin, I, I took a chance last night that I haven't done in probably, I would say, seven years. And I I don't eat Chipotle. Chipotle does not interact well with my system, if you know what I mean. I don't like talking about that kind of stuff, but it doesn't go tummy hurt real quick. And so I just stay away. And everybody loves Chipotle. I get it. But, you know, they've been advertising the new quesadilla. Last night I wasn't starving, so I ordered, you know, quesadilla. Chicken quesadilla with my meal and a Mexican Sprite, right? I mean, that looked pretty good in the bottle. I delivered it. So from their app, you can only get the quesadilla on their app. It's a marketing ploy, which I actually respect. I mean, it's smart. It gets people to download the app. Gets people. It's good. I I, I like good marketing. So I fell into it and I ordered it. Well, guy comes and delivers it and there's no Sprite. And I'm like, where's the Sprite? He's like, man, it's not on my order. It is on his order because I had the receipt that said Sprite right there. He's not going to go back and get my Sprite and come back. He's just not going to do that. He's a driver. He was pretty rude too, which kind of pissed me off. Is that a Chipotle employee? No, his DoorDash employee. Oh. I'm kind of upset, right? Uh, I was looking forward to that Mexican Sprite that they had sold me on their app and made me look, I mean, it looked delicious. It looked and very Sprite refreshing. probably would have helped uh, settle your tummy. <laughs> that was the idea. I was hedging my bet that if this does go awry and it's just a Chipotle thing, at least I have a Sprite, right? But no Sprite. So now I'm, I'm, I'm kind of screwed. I'm going all in on Chipotle praying i open the quesadilla and it's a cheese quesadilla it's just cheese and tortilla that sends me into a ruckus uh on the app i try to call the chipotle of course they don't answer and it's literally right down the street i just was going to deliver it because i didn't want to leave well i got to a point where uh they screwed themselves so i got my happy ass in my car and i drove there and said what the hell is this you do you see this and of course the uh stupid ass employees are so idiotic 
they don't know what the hell is going on. And they're like, well, we can't do anything about it. I mean, we could remake it. I'm like, to keep it PG, no, you know what, Sherlock? Yeah, of course I would like you to make the, the chicken quesadilla in my mind. It's like, of course I would like you to make the food that I ordered. Right? I was like, you better make that in front of me. I don't want to see you going around the back spitting a hawk and a loogie into it. They didn't. They got me that. They did the Sprite. And I was like, honestly, I want a refund. Like, you give me all my money back. And she's like, well, we can't do that since you ordered it on the app. And so what did I do? I went on the app and I pitched a fit. They sent me, uh, I told them to give me my money back. They did. And they gave me a free burrito. And I said, I'm going to have to think about if I'm even going to take this free burrito based on the bad experience. Shade on Chipotle for my experience last night. That's my first shade. That's your first shade. Pretty solid. Pretty solid. I, I had a, an interesting, a wrong order situation where I just got the complete wrong omelet at a restaurant that I go to every once in a while. They just gave me the wrong omelet. I'm like, this is not what I ordered. I'm not going to eat it. And so they had to go get me a fresh one, but I got two double sides out of it. So that was and you don't think I won't drive there and bitch you out? Your ass must be crazy. You obviously may not know. Yeah, Mike says, nice football conversation. I'm out of here with this stupid talk. Mike, that's fine because we've talked, literally, we talked football and the wide receivers for 59 minutes. And so Mike, throwing shade is at the end of the show. So Mike, we can throw shade at you for not getting the show. This is throwing shade. We end our Wednesday show with this. So catch up, show up for the first 59 minutes, and you'll get the football talk. So my throwing shade actually has to do with sports and with dumb people on the internet. So Buck Rising wrote at our website uh, yesterday, uh, why Rashad Weaver's timeline complicates things for the Titans. That's at A to Z sports, Nashville.com. Suggest you go check it out. Buck did a good job with it. So Michael Adam Albert says, I don't think this is going to be a big deal. Late round pick, a legend did a thing, big whoop, big whoop. You can try to make it a headline, I guess. Nobody should care, but some of the fans that need something to complain about will have something to read. So I asked Michael, have you been under a rock for the last two days? He said, maybe, oh, enlighten me. Is this national news? And I said, it's the biggest storyline in national sports over the last two days. And Michael's smart ass says, oh, because you guys report on it, there's no reality, only perception, I suppose. It is a slow season. And I and I just like, people who think that we... Can they name are, a big, can he name a bigger story? I don't know. Like, no, there's not a bigger Nash, Nashville sports story. And so I said, LOL, if you think it's because we reported on it, it's a big story in all Titans coverage. It's a big story in Pittsburgh. And the NFL, the actual league, is looking into the situation. And then he says, silly me. Perhaps I'm alone. Good luck in your continued reporting with a, with a, a sarcastic thumbs up. Like Michael Adam Albert is a legitimate idiot who lives under a rock and who's going after media because media talks about things that bad people do or not bad people, bad things that people do. I also think that whenever you see an athlete have some type of allegation or charge on hitting a woman, the real dumb people and the real stupid people show up when they immediately dismiss everything about the charge and the allegation. Allegations are allegations. We know that. You have to wait for the full story. But a lot of people show up and and open their mouths or tweet or tweets and show how bad of people they are by dismissing any charge that happens. 
I think that's fair shade, but we all know that internet warriors don't click on things and don't update them or research it and educate themselves. Right. Right. So So, that that is my shade. I think that's fair shade. Uh, My last shade is uh, has to do with a bigger problem, a bigger issue. At least I know in this city, but I believe that it is elsewhere. Uh, Saturday night, uh, Austin, you went to a wedding. I went to a wedding. It was a separate wedding. After the wedding, you know, Nashville was open uh, because it was a downtown wedding. And we were like, okay, after the wedding, what do we want to do? And I'd been drinking, right? So I I was a little juiced up. And they, we decided to go to a bar downtown for an hour or so. It it, it wasn't, I'll be honest, I've been to a lot of bars in downtown Nashville in my life. Wasn't the greatest experience. But maybe it was just because I hadn't been to a bar in a long time like that. Right. And so I didn't know what to do with my hands, right? Like, I wasn't used to it. It was a unique I'm environment. Out of state. I'm out of training for this. Right? Uh, so bar gets done, decide to go home. And so I <clears throat> we're trying to get a ride home. And this forms the shade. Uber and Lyft have a big problem. I don't think that they've caught up with the reopening of the city because their prices are jacked up on top of the taxi cab, right? Because if you're downtown, you have three options, really. When you're at home, you have maybe two or three, but it's usually ride share, right? It's usually the apps, not taxis are typically not a smart option when you're at home, right? Right. But when you're downtown, taxis can take advantage and get some money that probably they're not getting. So we get to it and they're outrageous. So I go up to a taxi cab and I'm like, look, man, I literally live from downtown to green Hills is what? Seven minutes, maybe five, give or take traffic, but five to seven, less than five miles. That's for sure. So less than five miles. I go, dude, how much would it take for you to take me there and back? And he he wasn't going to meter me. He drums up in his head and comes up with $70. I tell this guy to go F himself. And I dog cuss the hell out of him. And you 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 guys have not heard me dog cuss people because I'm I'm pretty okay on this show. It's a kid's show to a degree. And I, I give, I rip this guy a new one. And it, it makes no sense. Shade on the taxi cab company that is going to die anyway. And trying to charge $70 to take me five miles. Your ass must be crazy. You must live in a completely different universe. And I basically hope that uh, I, I wish ill upon him in his endeavors in his taxi cab profession profession that he's going to be out of a job very, very soon if he keeps up that kind of BS. And I walked away. I ended up getting a ride share ride for $35 or $36, which is half of 70 Yeah. But shade on this buffoon and this ignoramus that comes up and drums up $70 to take me five miles. Shade on you. When if it was recorded, you- it would have been a very funny next morning video when's the last time you rode in a taxi I, I think i remember mine i mean it's been a year plus because of the pandemic i i think no an actual taxi 
Like you've ridden a taxi, like pre-pandemic, like recent. Well, again, I, think- I go to taxis when I'm downtown after the bar, and it's hard to get to a rideshare ride. So I, I don't think I've ridden an actual taxi since 2014, Holy and I was in, and I was in. Fort Lauderdale at the beach and I got a taxi to go take me back to the airport to go home. That's the last time I was in a taxi. Everything else has been rideshare. Man, when I was in college, now I sound like an old freaking man, but uh, when I was in college or right out of college, I lived in Nashville, right? So I'm 20 something. I'd go to the bars all the time. And this was before Uber or Lyft. Right. I call up my boy, Sonny. Sonny was my personal taxi cab driver. God knows he never charged me $70 to get five miles. But Sonny, we'd, we'd call up Sonny to take us to the bar. When we were done, we'd call up Sonny, and Sonny would be there. It was like this guy. I mean, it was a really great relationship. We tipped him well. It, it was it was our personal rideshare guy. We had a guy like that, too. I can't remember his name. And I, my boy, Sonny. Shout out to Sonny if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. And he knows who he is. I mean, he would, uh, that was a great, that was a great time in my life. Yeah. We had a guy like that too. I, I, I came across his like number of my phone, like not too long ago. And I was like, Oh man, I completely forgot about having to like call those guys. But crazy, crazy. But yeah, it's been 2014. The last time I rode in an actual taxi. The times, they are changing. Yep, no doubt. All right, guys, big time Wednesday show. Enjoyed the conversation. Hope you did as well. We'll be back tomorrow on a Titans Thursday. We'll find out what Zach teased something. I don't know if we're going to do that tomorrow or not, uh, but I'm very intrigued uh, with what Zach has. So we'll see you guys later on. Have a great Wednesday. See you later. Adios.